From Tetris, we learn that those who fit in disappear. Maybe it's more important for you to be the only person in existence that is you. Welcome to Yelling at Birds. Matt here. Hope you are having a fantastic day and a fantastic week. Just had a wanted to pop on and talk about a few things. Um, something that I got back into um, this book that I'm reading, um, the Gulag Archipelago, um, and something hit me. Uh, every once in a while, I like to highlight and then go re-examine, go over something that pops out in the book, and it's kind of tough to pick like one thing because there's there's just a ton of. It's a hard book to read. It's tough, and the more you read it. Uh, the more things that you see, this was basically set around you know World War One and Two, or you know the early 1900s in in Russia to the to the mid 1900s, um, and it's it's just tough uh, reading reading the stories of these people that were in in the Russian prison system, and then when you read it and watch the news today, you see similarities of let's say, uh, like immigrant migrant detention centers kind of have the same type of, um, obviously not, well, who knows? I haven't been there, but, but you start to see similarities and it makes, and you like to learn from what we've done in history or what other countries have done and, and us. And you'd like to think that we've learned our lesson and moved on, but time and time again, we're, we're, we're circling back to certain things. And that's why, you know, I like I like this book. It's I hate this book. He writes beautifully. Alexander Solzhenitsyn really is a poet and a fantastic writer. You know, won a Nobel Prize for this book. But every once in a while something sticks its head out and this was an entry on hunger. So basically I read it. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, then I'm going to do it like you have a choice. I'm going to read it and then just kind of talk about a few things and thought I would, and I saw another uh, discussion about the marketing of fear, uh, the present day marketing of fear. And I kind of wanted to touch on that too. But I'm going to go and just, let's just do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it and here we go. And this is him talking about um, people were protesting some of the things that he wrote and looks like a story. A story he wrote was being protested for one reason, and hopefully my reading is all right. And among the surviving, the Orthodox communists now write me lofty protests. How base are the thoughts and feelings of the heroes of your story one day in the life of Ivan, Ivan Denasevich? Where are their anguished cogitations about the courses of history, about the course of history? Everything is about bread rations and gruel, and yet there are sufferings much more unbearable than hunger. So, Solzhenitsyn took offense to this, obviously. Oh, so there are. Oh, so there are indeed much more unbearable sufferings, the sufferings of orthodox thought? You and your medical sections in your storerooms, you never knew hunger there. Orthodox loyalist gentlemen. It has been known for centuries that hunger rules, rules the world. 
and all your progressive doctrine is incidentally built on hunger, on the thesis that hungry people will inevitably revolt against the well-fed. Hunger rules every, every hungry human being, unless he has himself consciously decided to die. Hunger, which forces an honest person to reach out and steal. When the belly rumbles, conscience flees. Hunger which compels the most unselfish person to look with envy into someone else's bowl, and to try painfully to estimate the weight of ration of, of ration his neighbor is receiving. Hunger which darkens the brain and refuses to allow it to be distracted by anything else at all, or to think about anything else at all, or to speak about anything else at all except food, food and food. Hunger from which it is impossible to escape, even in dreams. Dreams are about food, and insomnia is over food, and soon just insomnia. Hunger, after which one cannot even eat up. The man has by then turned into a one-way one -way pipe, and everything emerges from him, in exactly the same state in which it was swallowed. So obviously Solzhenitsyn was describing the you know, the main, one of the main drives of the prisoner, obviously, is to eat. It's one of the four things that we absolutely need. It's kind of hard to survive without eating. And, you know, I know we, we joke about getting hangry sometimes and getting short-tempered when we're hungry and we just need a little snack, Snickers commercials. But he's talking about true hunger, real, real hunger. And we're still fighting that. We're still battling that fight in the world. And I don't know, I didn't do a lot of research before this, so I don't know what the, what the statistics are. But from what I've seen, I do know that we have the means to take care of that issue. But that's, and that's one hunger. I mean, that's the main, the main type. One thing that we've done through the course of history into modern day with with marketing and with advertising and kind of the current state of capitalism is we've actually created more hunger, a different type of hunger. We've manufactured hunger. Not not the starvation, the actual starving type of hunger, but the hunger for things that we don't need. And I would suggest well suggest I'm not really a person that, you know, should make suggestions. I don't know. Who knows? But once you start to become aware of the manufactured hunger in your life, it's that, I mean, come on, the fucking Apple Watches, um, even cell phones. We've gotten to a point, and I'm not going to rant and rave about back in my back in my day, I didn't have a cell phone, um, because now it's... That's we're, we're we're well beyond that, you know. I survived well without a cell phone. Now I have one, and I would hate to not have one. But now we've created this false hunger with the marketing of this technology and other things, even if it's just a you know a pair of shoes, uh, a shoe release, bourbon release, any type of anything that's really marketed. Once you become aware of this false hunger that's 
driving you to driving you to solve a problem that's not there or that was created just so you could feed into feed into capitalism or current economic system you start to see it all around and it's hard to get away from and it sucks once you once you realize it and really start thinking about uh, and it really just gets down to knowing exactly what you need and that you have what you need and the the hunger bits the consumerism you're feeding into um once you realize that's not something you need the difficult thing is maybe not wanting to give that up and once you become aware of it well in my experience and maybe every maybe yours too i don't know um in my experience when you kind of know that you are stressing out and devoting a lot of time and resources to things that you really don't need and you kind of don't even really want you're just kind of um tricked into wanting these things um it's hard it's hard to let that go and then you maybe in, in my case i begin to feel like you know cuz i like nice you know clothes that look nice and uh, i like having a cell phone i like having uh a PlayStation and you know television things like that and then I and I you know devote resources to entertainment and 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 things of that nature you know probably as many re I devote as many resources to things I don't need the things I do so when you can't get away from it in my case you start feeling like kind of like a fraud because you like to imagine yourself knowing what's important in life and making decisions based on that but the majority of well for the majority of what i stress over is over something that's not like my passion and something i don't need so i've been trying to do a better job of simplifying that and really truly understanding what i need and i don't need and that's been you know it's you're never going to get perfect there you're always going to kind of continue to um evolve and there'll be setbacks and there'll be you know sometimes it is nice to treat yourself but what's dangerous i guess what i see is dangerous for the world is if we continue down this path of of devoting just insane an insane amount of resources into something that's not necessary for life which that's it seems like that's what we're all just consumed with things that aren't necessary for life then if we continue doing that our our growth as a humanity is done that's it i mean how many of you out there have seen uh you know I should know the end of a sentence before I start the beginning of a sentence. Um idiocracy or any depiction of or any depiction of a future where uh what is it Wally? You know you're just kind of plugged in and that's it. And you're plugged into entertainment, cheap entertainment and it's kind of like the ignorance and ignorance is bliss in overdrive. 
And if we continue down this path of not realizing what is necessary for life and not and avoiding the kind of the suffering and pain that's natural in life and the hardships and the struggle that it takes to to have meaning in your life, that's where we're going to end up. So what I try to do, and not every day, because, you know, bills to pay, things like that, regular human life to live. So when I can, I try to reflect on what I have. Do I have what I need? Do I have what I need? And the answer is, fuck yeah, I do. I mean, I'm sitting here doing this podcast with a little bit of a sour tummy because I ate too many peanut M&M, peanut butter M&Ms. Of course I have what I need. I have what I need and I have a lot of what I want. So getting to the point, and I think I've mentioned this before, but getting yourself to the point where you know you know that you have every single thing that you need for a meaningful life. And really, when you work at it, I mean, do you have a place to live? Do you have do you have to wonder where your next meal's coming from? Can you clothe yourself? Do you have do you have a thinking mind in your head? It's a big part. That's a big one. Do you have the opportunity to grow in some way, shape, or form, whether it's access to books, access to an outside world where you can meet people and talk to people and learn other things? Do you have access to, well, obviously, if you're listening to this, you have access to some sort of um, internet connection, or you have podcasts on your phone, and there's a world of resources out there then if you have just those and a yeah if you have those like minimal amount of things you have everything you need where we where we start to i guess get into trouble is confusing what we want with what we need and don't get me wrong it's perfectly fine to have wants i'm not saying i'm not trying to um, diminish or talk down or uh, scold anybody that likes to have maybe a nicer car than they need or a nicer, but when that consumes your ability to create meaning in your life. And I suppose that can be a number of different things to a number of different people. But when the drive, when the confusion of wants for needs gets in the way of living a meaningful life, then we start to have issues. And if if anything, if you can't really separate from that kind of pursuit, it's I know it's incredibly hard, but at least be kind about it. Understand it. You don't have to feel bad because we've been trained since birth to feed into this system. We've been, well, most of us have been marketed to and advertised to since the day we could understand images. So it's a tough thing to break away from. My hope is that we can, though. I really do. 
because there are because we have enough we absolutely have enough to provide for everybody maybe not this one country has enough to provide for the world and shit we might so my hope is that we can continue developing growing as a as a fucking people and start to weed out and start to create a structural change in how we live not to the detriment of our uh, satisfaction with our lives and maybe if we create yeah chicken and the egg you don't want to create the structural change to force people into a life that they don't want but my hope is that eventually we just get there Went to a place where empathy, mindfulness, let's try that again, empathy, mindfulness, thoughtfulness, those things, are vulnerability, those attributes start to be seen as more of a strength than as a weakness. When beating our chests and showing off starts to be seen as really what it is, just veiled in security. Well, I wanted to talk about, well, I still will. Another thing that struck me lately was, saw, was a conversation on fear and how we're basically monetizing it. Maybe this is off track. I kind of lost my thought track on this, but I'm going to force myself right into it. But, I mean, for for a long time, I, me- I remember seeing seeing the nightly news when I was a kid, and there's a story going around about, you know, kidnappers going through town. Uh, it's 8, 8 p.m., or it's, what, it was, what were those? It's 9 p.m., do you know where your children are? Um, but we reached a point in our marketing, and I guess this goes to the hunger as well, because, you know, marketing and advertising created a false hunger and now but they now they realize that there's a lot more power in there's more power in telling somebody and making somebody fear for their safety in their life and sh- and presenting a solution in the form of a product that's going to make them feel secure than showing them a product and explaining how much better their life will be with it. So advertising is kind of swapped from this product will make you happy to the world's a scary, dark, and dangerous place. And unless you have this, you are at risk. And I know I can count things, things get grim and it's pretty common to hear people talk about how I can't believe the world, how the world is today. The fact that, and a big part of that is the fact that we have such, you know, we have access to so much information now. So all of this stuff that's happening has been happening forever in different ways, shapes, and forms, and in varying degrees of severity. But now, marketers, politicians, the media companies, they've found a way to capitalize on fear because it's a 
It's a primal feeling. Make you feel scared of the other. Make you feel threatened and scared and present themselves as a solution or present their product as a solution. It's a much more powerful marketing tool than this laundry detergent makes your clothes smell nice. So that's the thing, a development that I haven't really looked into a whole lot, but it's sad. Because the dynamics flipped. And I don't I don't buy into the ignore problems and just be positive or um, because that can, that can be as dangerous and toxic to yourself too. Uh, reality. There are dangers in the world, but if you, but the more you're out in the world and the more you meet new people and the more you experience things in the world, you'll realize that those dangers, while shouldn't be completely overlooked, aren't as severe as the... I guess the, the marketers and the politicians and the media companies would like you to believe. Because, and even so, even so, I wouldn't want to live in a world, what the fuck is the point? I wouldn't want to live in a world where I'm scared of every sound. I'd rather die with my arms open trying to set people in than cowering in my closet surrounded by a bunch of guns. And I ask, one thing I ask, I know it's tough because I know the world, especially if you're a parent, I know the world seems like it's a big scary place and you want your family to be safe. You want to be safe. You want your kids to be safe. But my one hope is that no matter how dark it seems, no matter how scary and grim things seem to be, there's going to be that little pinprick of hope. Maybe it, maybe it is just a tiny little hole, or it's a bigger crack, where hope's shining through, where peace is shining through, where optimism is shining through, where empathy is shining through. My hope is that no matter how, how scary things seem to get, that you focus on that little hole. Focus on that, because it's there. And I guarantee that no matter how, how dire the world seems, there is more light. It far outweighs the darkness. Well, that's all I have for this week. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Any any fears, any hopes, any dreams out there, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Yelling at Birds, pod, Yelling at Birds podcast. Not on Twitter so much, but reach out to me on my Facebook page. I would appreciate a, a follow, a subscription on whatever platform you listen, you listen to me on. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. And I'm thinking about you.